HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hello, welcome to Own the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it is Wednesday, May 25th, 2023, and this is our 358th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talent in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is the Director of Content for 50 Best, and I will introduce him fully in a moment. First, as I do in every show, I will start out with my PR tip, then later we will have my speed round game industry news discussion, solar dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to celebrate the industry. Let's take time to applaud the accomplishments of our peers, as well as ourselves, and feel proud of our successes. Acknowledging the good that we have achieved in our lives and careers is essentially as important as the work itself. So let's remember to give recognition wherever and whenever it is due and toast one another. That's my tip today. Okay, I'm super excited to be on location in New York City with my guest, who is William Drew, the Director of Content for 50 Best, which includes the world's 50 best restaurants, Latin America's 50 best restaurants, Asia's 50 best restaurants, Middle East and North Africa's 50 best restaurants, among others. William has been a journalist and editor for more than two decades, spanning business-to-business and consumer magazines, as well as national newspapers. As a longtime spokesperson for the 50 Best brand, he also oversees the Academy voting structure that creates the lists and all the content across both digital channels and live events. Without further ado, William... Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What a great introduction. Well, there's that's the short bio, but there's a lot to say. I think there's a lot more 50 best lists that I could 
talk yeah. about in, but I had to keep it to um, just a few. <laughs> sure, the portfolio has certainly grown uh, a lot in the in the, in the time that I've uh, that I've been there. So we, we're we're pretty busy, but um, it, it remains really really stimulating and exciting. Yeah, well, I'm as I, I'm really excited to talk to you because I'm familiar on the outside looking in of the fifty best, but I want to know more and all about your background and about just about how even it came to be. So do you want to take us back a bit to the start of your career and then what led you to 50 Best? Wow, yeah. I mean, you said two decades there, but I think if I'm being honest, it's more like three decades now <laughs> since I started. Um, I started as, as a journalist and I was um, a reporter actually in the world of fashion, would you believe? Um, I would believe. So I, I would work, worked in, in fashion and retail and in, in business titles for a while. I then moved into lifestyle magazines back in the 90s and the noughties when, uh, when lifestyle magazines were booming. They, they barely exist any, anymore, but um, in print anyway. But um, they certainly did then. I had, a, I had a great time. So I moved from, yeah, from fashion into more of a, a lifestyle generally. Um, was lucky enough to work on some great uh, style magazines in the UK and became the, uh, the editor of, of one or two of those. Um, and yeah, enjoyed that enormously. But as I got older, I started being a bit more interested in food and drink and travel. Uh, I then went freelance for a few years and started writing, going back to writing more rather than editing. When I was writing, I was found myself writing about food and, and travel much more. And then an opportunity came up to become the editor of Restaurant Magazine in the UK, which you wouldn't be surprised to hear it's about uh, restaurants. Um, <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Restaurant Magazine was the ori originator of the world's 50 best restaurants. Restaurant Magazine is now a digital-only product. It still exists. Um, and it is owned by the same company that I work for, but is not uh, part of 50 best now. But that's where it started. So then... When did you become involved? And it started in 2002? Yeah, I, I joined. So it started in 2002. I didn't join until 2010. So in those early years, uh, as I said, it was part of Restaurant Magazine. Restaurant Magazine literally once a year put on a awards, produced this list and put on an awards event in London. Um, so although... It, from very early on, it captured the imagination of, of the world and the dining world. It was still a relatively small operation that uh, once a year they would get everyone to come to London, uh, all the chefs from around the world, and then media would pick up the, the list because it kind of stumbled upon something unique, which was it was a truly global list, which had never really been done before, encompassing the whole world. And it was a ranking from one to 50, obviously, the clues in the name. And, uh, and that, simple though it was, again, no one had done before. So it's very, it's very simple, but it was hugely effective, and it captured the imagination of the, the media world and of the chefs themselves, the chefs and restaurateurs themselves. And so it just started to grow and grow um, in those early years. But it was still a once-a-year uh, phenomenon. We'd get coverage around it once a year. It would be one event. Um, all kind of changed in starting in, in kind of 2012, 2013, when we launched the first regional uh, rankings and awards, 
which were Asia's 50 best restaurants and Latin America's 50 best restaurants, both launched in the same year in 2013. Yeah. So that was a busy year. Yeah, I can imagine. imagine. (laughs) But it kind of changed. It changed from being this this once a year uh, event that we kind of took time out from our day jobs, if you like, um, to to organize over a a period of a, a few months to becoming an operation in, in itself. And that led to it moving away from Restaurant Magazine, which is a, is a UK-focused title. And World's 50 Best is obviously uh, global by its very nature, and then regional in Asia and Latin America, and now Middle East and North Africa. Um, we, we happen to be based in the UK, but we like to think of ourselves as a truly international organization that happens to be based in the UK rather than a British organization. The company that, uh, that that owns 50 Best is called William Reed, and it's headquartered in the UK, but it does have offices here in the US, in Asia, in France, and, and so forth. So, um, you know, it's an international uh, media organization, um, and 50 Best is yeah, a truly global um, organization and uh, has a multinational uh, team working on it as well. Well, I'm curious how big this team is since you have so many things going on. But I also would like love to know more, like, a bit about the voting process. Like, how are the 50 best chosen? And then you also have 51 to 100. Yeah. So, um, which is, I think it's... I did my tip about, you know, celebrating the industry because I, I do. I love cel- celebrating the industry and I think it's great you have up to, you know, 100 on the list, really, even though um, yeah. it is 50 best. Yeah, and that, and and sometimes that's commented on, as you might imagine. It started out as, as 50, of course, mm-hmm. um, but we wanted to do exactly as, as you said. We wanted to celebrate more restaurants, a, a greater breadth and diversity of talent. So not only do we do that through the regional awards, but we do that through expanding the list. So on the night of the awards itself, um, wherever that may be in the world, we... Uh, announced live the 50 we count down from 50 to 1 a week or I've two before <laughs> right a week or two before we announced the 51 to 100 list um right. ranking as well so it's part of the build-up if you like but of course in global terms if you're part of the 100 best restaurants in the world it's an extraordinary achievement you have to be an exceptionally not just good but great restaurant and a great dining experience to get on, you know, even at number 100, think about the whole, how many yeah. thousands, if not millions of restaurants there are in the world. So, um, you know, we, we wanted to we wanted to celebrate that. Um, yeah, I can talk a bit about the voting. For the world's 50 best restaurants, which remains the kind of mothership, the biggest event we do, the most gets the most attention, of course. Uh, we have almost 1,100 voters spread all over the world. Um, they are recruited, if you like, by our academy chairs. These are the heads of our voting in 27 different regions uh, across the world. So they're local experts in gastronomy who in turn find um, voters from that region. The voters are either chefs and restaurateurs themselves or they're food journalists, uh, broadcasters and critics. Or the final group is what we call well-traveled gourmets. So that's a wider group of some consumers or business people or people associated with the industry. They might be a winemaker or a hotelier, but who are traveling a lot. And I think, importantly, these people are uh, are selected partly for their expertise in in gastronomy, but also because they travel regularly, putting the pandemic aside. 
those, those difficult years, but they're, they're the people that travel regularly so they can have an understanding of different foods around the world and different restaurant experiences, and they can go to the restaurants. We do not tell them where to go. We do not give them any criteria. We simply ask them to vote for the best dining experiences they have had in that previous voting period, which is an 18-month period. Uh, simple as that. There are rules there, but there's no direction on which type of restaurant should be in this. doesn't have to be a fine dining restaurant or, you know, have a white tablecloth or anything like that, or have been around for a certain number of time or have won any other awards. You can vote for your local neighborhood bistro, cafe, whatever you like. Just can be unlicensed or serve alcohol, have a, you know, tome-like wine list or simply serve a beer, whatever. Anything, any restaurant in the world is eligible. And one more thing that's important is that the voters are anonymous and the voting is entirely confidential. So on those who they are, they're not allowed to identify themselves as such. Um, and all the voting is secure, confidential. No one sees the votes apart from the Core 50 Best team and Deloitte, who adjudicate the process for us as an independent adjudicator. And the Academy Chairs, who are the only public figures uh, of 50 Best that are known around the world, they don't get to see who their voters, if you like, vote for. So they don't have any knowledge of that. And they don't know the list in advance of the evening when it is counted down either. Super exciting. Two questions. One, is there a budget for voters or is it on their own? And two, can publicists be voters? Because I, I, another hat I Great wear questions. is PR for restaurants. Great question. Okay. <laughs> very, very important. Very important questions, actually. So first, no, there is no budget for okay. voters. So we're asking people that go to restaurants anyway as part of their day job or their life. Right, it's what they do. Right? It's what they Travel do, for whether restaurants, because they love restaurants yes, or they're right. doing it professionally. Yeah. Um, or the, yeah. And so we're asking them to vote. As I say, we're not sending them anywhere. We're asking them to vote based on their uh, experiences anyway. And second question. No, if you work as a, <laughs> in, in PR, say. then uh, <laughs> you are not allowed to be a voter, I guess, for obvious reasons. Of course, there are rules if you're a chef and restaurateur or if you have any financial involvement in any of the restaurants, then you cannot vote for your own yeah. restaurant. You can't vote for the sister restaurant that the company owns, or similar to that. So, you know, these, these things are all, all checked and there's um, a whole raft of checks that Deloitte have uh, look at in our system checking them to try and uh, negate any potential for collusion or, uh, you know, vote trading and so on. So, you know, there's much said about how valid this vote is. Uh, but we believe over the last 20 plus years, we've created a really credible list. Um, and we are constantly assessing and reviewing the voting process to make it as uh, credible and clear cut and transparent as possible while keeping the anonymity of the voters which is really important. Yeah. No, I, I would say, I mean, I thought, I had a feeling those are going to be your answers to both those questions. I just wanted to verify um, I'm ineligible, but I will continue to travel for restaurants and support them because um, that's what I do. And um, your list has been, I mean, they're incredible lists, the restaurants you recognize. And um, yeah, it's really, it's really wonderful. As you know, I have a, a book that just came out, Chef Wise, and a lot of, chefs who are on your list are in my book and I'm very proud of it and it's um wonderful to have that um I don't know I mean I definitely looked at your list as as some guidance in my research 
um, even for the ones that were like I wasn't as familiar with, like um, uh, with with in the uh, the Mena, is it? Yeah, yeah, Middle East, um, yeah, the Middle yeah. East, and it's like now I'm more familiar with Dubai mm-hmm. and chefs what they're doing there, and it's through it's really mm-hmm. through um, your list and finding you know and and a little more research of you know, but I appreciate what you what you do and how you recognize chefs around the world. Thank you. Yeah, well, the two points that that, that raises for me. One is that, you know, your book, um, and congratulations on the book, by Thank the way. You. Uh, Thank you. Your book is uh, taking chefs' and restaurateurs' views on also a range of different subjects and, you know, collating them together. And what's interesting about that is that, that one of the things that we're trying to do, which is exactly what you're doing, is providing a platform for chefs to promote better practice in the industry, in the hospitality sector, even in the business world as a whole. We know there's been, you know, a degree of kind of uh, reassessment in recent years, but we certainly want to use our position as a um, as a kind of um, um, as a voice in the industry that's that, that's relatively loud and, and we have a, an audience. We want to use that in a positive way. So not we're not just about creating lists. The lists and the rankings are at the core of what we do, of course, um, but. From that, we can then have thought leadership events. We can create content. We can celebrate um, people doing great initiatives, uh, sustainable initiatives, new things becoming the norm rather than the outliers that are that are changing. You know, like restaurants working a four or five day week and not a six or a seven day week. You know, a few years ago that would be unheard yeah. of. Now it's becoming normalized. Yeah. And you know, we're listening to the chefs that are that are talking in your book. Um, and we hope that as an organization we're helping um, promote that that positivity. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's um, something we want to do. But the other point about the Middle East and North Africa is that we are about trying to open up the world through food. You know, that sounds kind of highfalutin, but actually, you know, food is the great the thing that brings us all together and is the great window into different cultures. So if we can promote cross-border collaboration, cross-cultural collaboration, a greater understanding of different cultures and difference through food, that's got to be a positive thing in, in the world as a whole. We know that food is, you know, the the, the greatest thing uh, that we all share, one way or another. I hear um, you. So, um, so yeah, that's 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 part of why we launched Middle East and North Africa's fifty best restaurants. Because we thought that the restaurants in that region and the food as a whole, which of course has some incredible heritage behind it, uh, was not necessarily in the international spotlight as as much as it could be. But we are beginning to to redress that. Yeah. No, I love I love that. So, but with all these lists and all, I mean, you have so much going on. So with your role, director of content, like, how are you, like, what is, what does it entail today? And I mean, you're here in New York City. um, And I saw even um, Kwame Anuachi, who's been on my podcast, I'm friends with him. I saw you just gave him a a special, what the the next Yeah, it's called the Resi One to Watch Award. And we just announced it last night and this morning. So I'm here and you it goes to Tatiana by Kwame Onwarachi. So it goes to the restaurant as a rising star restaurant in global terms. Now we know the impact this this uh, restaurant has had in New York 
since it's yeah. ending like only seven or eight months ago. Um, but yeah, it's, what it's we're awesome. doing is, I guess, bringing that to to a wider international audience. But having eaten there last night, I mean, what a what a great restaurant. I live nearby, so I'm lucky, and and yeah, it's it's really great. So, um, so, so you're here. I mean, you're here doing a few things, but like, yeah, back to my question of like, yeah. what's your what's the like? Role? What are all the things that you do? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's narrowed a little bit, I guess, because we've grown so much. Though you have to, I used to do a bit of everything in, um, well, in the early sure days. When there do. were only a few. There were only a few of us involved. Um, as director of content, my my responsibilities are of course, to create the content around 50 Best and our various lists. Now, what we mean by that is, I guess, threefold. Firstly, the creation of the lists themselves. That's the core content that we do. Now, that means the voting process. I oversee the voting process for all the uh, 50 Best restaurants list. Uh, I now have a colleague who looks after the 50 Best bars lists, of which there are many, and then we have 50 Best hotels coming up as well. But in restaurants, I oversee all the voting processes for the four different rankings that we produce, um, so the world and then three regional um, rankings, um, which is kind of the back of house stuff that, that, that takes up a lot of time, a little less sexy, but is uh, super important. As mm-hmm. I said, you know, credibility of that voting process is, is, um, is kind of sacrosanct. So that's uh, the first bit. The second bit is uh, creating the content, overseeing the content that we write about, post about, make videos on uh, the restaurants that feature on these lists. So every restaurant that is, uh, that is, that is ranked, we, we run a profile of uh, that, that appears on our website. Of course, we have a huge social media operation going on now, um, which you know, covers, yes. goes across the world, across multiple channels, uh, as, we, as we do these days. So I oversee all that. We also write articles that appear on, a, on the 50 Best website, a number of articles per week and uh, increasingly a lot of video content which appears across our social channels but also uh, on YouTube and so forth. So multiple multimedia content around restaurants, of course, promoting talent, promoting best practice. So I oversee all that in a kind of editor-in-chief kind of role. And then the third element is our live events. So at the... uh, World's 50 Best Restaurants, which is coming yeah, up. Yeah, good segue. That's what I want to talk about um, next. We have like four days of events. So it culminates in the awards, the gala awards ceremony. But in prior to that, we have things like 50 Best Talks, which is a thought leadership kind of conference, um, not conference, thought leadership event, mm-hmm. where we're bringing uh, forward-thinking um, chefs, restaurateurs, people involved in food together to talk about their projects, discuss, you know, What's going on in the, in, the, in the food world, and how we can um, how we can move it forward positively? So that that content I also oversee with my team in terms of putting together those those events, as well as putting together chef collaborations to create what we call fifty best signature sessions, which are like four hands dinners uh, in different parts of the world with chefs from different parts of the world getting together and uh, and cooking together for food loving consumers. I, I know I said this before, but we went on so many different segues. But how big is your team? <laughs> <laughs> um, we are now, the whole 50 best team is around 25 people. Oh, thinking you're like yeah. 2250 <laughs> or something. No, 25 okay, people. 25. Awesome. Uh, but even 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 a year ago, it was less than 20. So, you know, with, yeah. the, with the recent, some recent additions, we launched Middle East and North Africa's 50 best restaurants 
um, early last year. We're launching 50 best hotels this year. We also launched North America's 50 best bars last year. So post pandemic, we've you know had a few launches, which means we needed to expand the team. Uh, I also oversee the kind of PR and communications as, as a spokesperson. We have a growing PR team in house as well. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's busy, but it's great to be part of an expanding business that you know we believe in. Um, we love celebrating talent. Of course, we have the privilege of getting around the world and traveling and eating in some great restaurants as well. So you know there are some perks to the job. Yeah, I hear you on that. Are you there? Is there um, a restaurant that you haven't been to yet around the world that's like your next uh, you destination? I mean, always. There are always yeah, great I, restaurants that, that I want too. to go to. Um, you look, I haven't been to Japan. I've never, I've never okay. traveled to Japan. So, as a, that's a, a, a kind of obvious place that I, that I, yeah. it's missing on wow. my, on my travel CV. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, to going um, there and, and exploring the, the food scene there. But this huge amounts of the world, I've barely scratched the surface um, in. Latin America, you know, there's, there's so much extraordinary diversity. And although I've been lucky enough to travel in, in, to different parts of Latin America, I've still, as I say, only, only sampled a little bit of it. Even here in the U.S., mm-hmm. I've been in, you know, like many people, many visitors, I've been in the, the, the big cities. I've been on right. each coast. Well. I've been in Chicago. But I haven't explored the South or, you know, some other great food destinations that I know about that I haven't had the chance to go to. So this so many places and however many lives I live, I'll never go to enough restaurants <laughs> to satisfy <laughs> that. But that's that's part of the joy of it. There's always new new things going on, new foods to understand, new tastes to taste. Um, I was at Atomics here in New York City the other night. Some of the Korean flavors I've had there were completely new to me but were mind-blowingly good. So that's really exciting to still have yeah. that opportunity to be surprised and delighted even when you've been doing it for a while. I, I we're, we're very similar. I agree with everything you said. And yes, JP and Elia and the whole team there, they're awesome. And yeah, JP's in my book. And I was like, just, it's sort of... Um, it's, that's definitely, it's a special, special restaurant in New York City. But I, I mean, living here in New York, I'm constantly dining out and I can't get to everywhere, even in New York, because new places are always opening. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's so dynamic. It's a good and it's problem. Great. It's great to feel that, <laughs> that, that uh, hopefully that sense of recovery post-pandemic, as, as we know, hospitality sector, like many, had a very, very, very tough time. And, um, you know, it's taken time to recover, but it feels like there's some energy back. Um, certainly people want to want to dine out yeah. um, as much as ever, if not more. Um, and, you know, it's um, the, it, it's great to feel that, that buzz. It's great to be here in New York to feel that, of course. Yeah. Well, before we take a break, one question for chefs. What's your, what's your advice for them? I think my advice in particular in relation to uh, lists and rankings like the world's 50 best restaurants is do not cook for awards or rankings. Mm-hmm. Cook for your guests first and foremost. Uh, don't go chasing, whether it be Michelin stars or 50 best places or anything else. You've got to look after your guests 
and do that to the best possible way you can, whether you're taking them to new places they've never been to or you're satisfying um, you know, something that they're, that they're comfortable and familiar with, whatever your thing is, you do that to the best of your ability. And if you do it to the best of your ability and you and your, your team create something that is doing that and satisfying and exciting diners, then awards and accolades will come in due course, um, but don't go looking for them. Excellent advice. <laughs> I love it. Okay. On that note, let's take a little break and we will come back and we will talk some, well, first we'll play my speed round, then we'll talk some industry news. I have my solo dining experience and the final question. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. My guest today is William Drew, the Director of Content for 50 Best. And it's time for my speed round. So, and also, I don't know, do you go by William or Will? Usually Will. Okay. Yeah, you can. You Being can all professional, uh, I don't know, formal, <laughs> formal. William Drew, Will Drew. Um, it's time for my speed round. So, am I ready for this? I think you're. I think you were born ready. What this is is I name a couple of things and you get to pick your preference, Got it. such as chocolate or vanilla. Yep. Okay. So ready? Here we go. Eat in at home or eat out at a restaurant. Eat out at a restaurant. Yep. Indoor dining or al fresco dining. Indoor. Wine, beer, cocktail, mocktail, or champagne? Wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? Ooh. Uh, Tasting menu. They've become a bit unfashionable, but I still love them. All right. Great. Small plates or large plates? Large plates. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Ooh. Yeah, I get a lot of ooze on that one. Um, All-inclusive. Okay. A few more. Window seat or aisle? You travel a lot. Aisle. (laughs) Yeah. Easy to get in and out. Yeah, I like the window, but I get, yeah, but then it's hard to get out. (laughs) Okay. I have San Pellegrino or Aquapana. Uh, San Pellegrino for me. Okay. Cheese plate or dessert? Dessert, sweet tooth. Me too. Manhattan, Brooklyn, London, or Valencia. Wow. Um, 
Right now, Manhattan, but soon Valencia. <laughs> That's a perfect answer. Awesome. That's the game. That was fun. Yeah, I like playing. It's always it's always different. Every guest is has their own spin on it. So um, cool. So for industry news, I just picked out some articles. Well, you know about the awards. Actually, there's a lot happening. There was Travel Weekly, which covered uh, the title is the first ever ranking of the world's 50 best hotels to happen in London. Um, and then there was another article Continent, on Continental Traveler. Double Chicken Please is the best bar in North America, and that's in New York City. And I've been there, so um, I don't know. I thought we could touch, talk a little bit about these because obviously you're extremely familiar. <laughs> but so the, the the best hotels is coming up in London, and it's the first time you're doing that. Absolutely, first time we're doing it in September. September 18th will be the first list of the world's 50 best hotels ever published. We'll announce it at a live event at the Guildhall in London. Um, we're super excited. We've, we do restaurants. We do rankings for restaurants. As you know, we do rankings for bars. Hotels kind of completes the, the picture. Um, it's a very, you know, it's been a long time in coming. We've been thinking about it for a while, but we're really excited that we're now actually uh, bringing it to life. Um, we hope that it's the start of something great. Uh, we have the kind of know-how and the DNA to 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 know how these th- these things work, but of course, hotels is a very different, related, but very different sector uh, of hospitality to uh, restaurants and bars, and we're very aware of that. So we've you know, done a lot of work on on how the voting will work and who the voters will be. That is a little different in some of the ways to in subtle ways to, to restaurants and bars, but we're very confident that we can do what we've done with restaurants and bars, which is provide the most credible global list um, of outstanding hotels of very different types uh, all across the world. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's awesome you're doing that. And, um, and yeah, that will, I'm sure going to be a great, great time in London. I don't know, maybe I'm going to see if I can get to London then and maybe get out to Valencia too. And all these, I've never been to your wards and I'm like. Of course, we'd love to have you. I mean, it's great fun. I would love to be there. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, we, 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 we pride ourselves on, on, on not only producing the ranking, but also putting on a great show for those that come to join us for the live events. From what I've seen online, it looks spectacular and just like so fun and festive and celebratory and yes um yeah that's that's exactly what we're going for yeah well for what looking at it looks like that so congratulations you're doing you're doing amazing thank you um and then and then the other article was about the the best bar list that um well this this is a north america's 50 best yeah so how many are there what other regions do you have? So for, for um, in the bar world, we have just the world's 50 best bars. We have Asia's 50 best bars. And now most recently, okay. we have North America's 50 best bars. So encompassing Mexico um, and the Caribbean, as well as US and Canada. Uh, but Double Chicken Please uh, just got, got announced, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, beginning of May, to as, as the number one bar in North America, very, uh, very exciting. And what a, what a great place. Yeah. And delicious food. They have that amazing 
chicken yeah, sandwich. I it's mean, losing, chicken, it's losing yeah. the name, I guess. That, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and drinks. No, the it's drink, cool. Drinks yeah. inspired by by uh, food dishes as well, right. which um, yeah. which is innovative and uh, and. Um, but yeah, delicious, yeah. delicious as well. No, it's the the lists are great as guidelines, as guidance. When as, you know, I mean, for me personally, when I'm traveling, all of a sudden I'm like going to Mexico City, I'm going to London, and it's like as a reference to be, you know, places that might not have been on my radar, you know. Well, that inspired something else that we that we launched a few years ago called Fifty Best Discovery, which is a database of restaurants and bars, and will include hotels um, around the world. They're not ranked. And these are what this is way bigger than just the, the those in the, in the rank listing. It uh, goes much deeper and wider. So you can type into Fifty Best Discovery location you're heading to, and it will give a range of restaurants and bars and in the future hotels that have been recommended by our experts uh, from the voting academies around the world. Yeah. Well, excellent. People, all check out these lists and. Um, yeah, your website. You could spend. I feel like you could spend days on your website. Yeah, I think maybe longer. Maybe longer. It's like a book. It's, it's like a book. The amount yeah, of information a, you have. There's there. a lot of content. Um, <laughs> a lot of content, which is you. Um, okay, so I'm going to run through. I was my solo dining experience, which um, I'm just going to run through fast. I decided to flash back to November 2013 when I took a solo trip to Spain, and this week the solo, my solo dining experience is at Muguretz. So here's the rundown. The location, Aldora Gina Aldea in, I can't pronounce this stuff. It's on the outside. I like, it's right outside San Sebastian. I was in San Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, the concept is modern European restaurant. The chef and owner is Andoni Luis Adariz. Why'd I go? Well, considered one of the best restaurants in the world. And it was this solo trip that was really about restaurants. I wanted to go to San Sebastian to, to eat. Uh, and it's a beautiful city. Um, really loved it. So my experience. So I looked back. I actually wrote an article about about my trip on Fathom, a website um, online. And the title was, I Conquered Spain's restaurant, Best Restaurants All By Myself. And then the first line says, I wrote, I spent a gazillion dollars dining by myself in Spain. <laughs> I went on to explain it wasn't a gazillion dollars, but it was, it was, I, that's where I invested my money on this trip because it was like amazing restaurants I wanted to try. So um, I thought I'd read just a little what I, I wrote as a summary of this, but I, as, because it's better than what I could recall now 10 years later. So I had written, the GPS directions took me down a dark windy road to chef and don't, Andoni Luis Adari's three Michelin star Muguritz, currently ranked number six on San Pellegrino's The World's 50 Best Restaurants. When I arrived, I was escorted to a quaint lounge in a separate building for a cocktail. I was so excited to be there. After I was seated for dinner, I was offered a kitchen tour where I chatted with the chef de cuisine. The kitchen was as gorgeous as I anticipated. Dinner consisted of more than 25 small plates, each more unique than the next, from edible stones to ice shreds and scarlet shrimp perfume to glass sugar and cocoa as a cookie. It was molecular gastronomy at its finest. Um, overall, I was mesmerized by the innovation, and the service was terrific. The meal ended with a dessert called the Seven Sins. Gluttony was my favorite, of course. Uh, so the ambiance, minimalistic. Um, I remember at my table, I was at like this giant 
round table, I think could have sat six people of white tablecloth and very spaced out between other tables. Um, there was room to move around. Um, but I think, I think, you know, minimalistic in the sense that they're showcasing the food and the presentation, which was all very innovative and creative and amazing. So I'd say it's perfect for a special dining experience. Interesting tidbit. And Doni Luis Adariz is your Icon Award winner to 2023. That's on the world's 50 best list or, or the world's 50, the 50 best. He's the Icon Award, which is awesome. And um, he's been on, Muguritz has been on the list since every year since 2005. Which is pretty remarkable. Pretty <laughs> remarkable. The restaurant opened in 1998 and the chef, Andoni is in ChefWise, so excited about all of that. Personal fun fact, other restaurants on this trip in San Sebastian that I went to, uh, there was Martin Ber- Beristagu, Arzak, and Arzak, Alina Arzak was the world's best female chef on, and also in ChefWise. Um, I also went to Asador Extabari, Agalari. Oh, I threw in here, I went to Tickets in Barcelona because I love tickets. Um, anyways, it was an amazing experience and I can't wait to go back to San Sebastian. Um, the cost of this meal, I think it was around 250 US. I looked online, the current cost is 272 in US. It's like two, 253 euro. Would I go back? Yes. Website, mugritz.com, Instagram at mugritz. I'm sure uh, you've been. Yeah, I have. Yeah. More than once or? Uh... Yeah, twice, I think. Okay, okay. And... Yeah, I mean... Boy, well, he's, he's on the list. I mean, they're on your list, so... It's an extraordinary restaurant. And Antoni is an incredibly creative mind who challenges everything. He wants... He, he, he starts his menu from scratch every year, entirely new. So no dish has ever been repeated in the, all the 25 years that he's uh, been open. Um yeah, he's a, he's a relentlessly that. creative and curious person who wants to challenge you all the time. So it's not the most like comfortable dining experience, I would say, <laughs> because you know you're getting things there that that you're like, what's going on here? But it really makes you think. It's kind of an intellectual um, process in a way, um, but it's fascinating. And we need curious, innovative disruptors like Andoni mm-hmm. in the food world, like we need them uh, across across other sectors too. Yeah. One thing I I love with solo dining and going to restaurants like this is you're really, you're focused completely on your meal. There's no distractions. You're not chatting with your friend or, or you know, so I find because people, a lot of people don't think you would do solo dining at a tasting menu restaurant, fine dining. And I think it's amazing <laughs> if, if you're comfortable enough to be by yourself. Right. So I, I completely agree. I think I find just just today, I was recalling coming to New York. I think maybe ten years ago, and I actually went to um, David Chang's Momofuku Sandbar mm-hmm. on my own. Sat at the counter, had a feast of food solo, and it's really was really memorable. It was my first Momofuku experience. It was so memorable, and probably more memorable because I was there uh, on my own and focused purely on those amazing uh, pork buns. Yeah, yeah, I, I I hear you on all that. So, um, yeah, congratulations to, to Mugritz and Andoni and everything they've done. Um, okay, so it's time for the final question. So my next guest is Chris Moon. He's the president and chief operating officer of the James Beard Foundation. So, Will, can you please ask a question for Chris? 
Okay, this is a trick question. Oh, it's not a trick question. Uh, I'm going to ask him how he uh, finds the... Is there any cultural challenge of working with my fellow Brit, Claire Reichenbach, uh, of the James Beard Foundation, who's from the beautiful city of Winchester in the south of the UK, where I grew up as well? Ooh. Great question. Fun question. Uh, I love Claire. She's been on my show. She's wonderful. And um, I'm looking forward to talking to Chris. I, I mean, he's wonderful as well. And um, I'm going to find out. <laughs> so stay tuned. Um, that's the show. Thank you so much for joining me for your time. Um, so wonderful to meet you. And congratulations it's on been everything. An absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on the show. And um, yeah, hope to come back one day, but it's it's been great. Thank you so much, Sharon. Oh, you're welcome. If you have time, some time, we can grab a bite anywhere in the world. Absolutely. I don't have to do all meals solo. <laughs> <laughs> Love to join you. Thank you. My guest today has been William Drew, or Will Drew, the Director of Content for 50 Best, which includes the world's 50 best restaurants and many more. Go to his website to check out more, which is theworlds50best.com and on Instagram at theworlds50best. You can follow me at Sherry Bayer, Bayer PR and at all industry. My Facebook page is all in the industry. Website's bayerpublicrelations.com, sherrybayer.com and all in the industry.com. All of our shows are archived at heritageradionetwork.org. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. Check out my new book, ChefWise, Life Lessons from Leading Chefs Around the World by Fiden. It's now available wherever books are sold. And thanks to my engineer today, Armin. Thanks again to Will. And thanks to Rachel Hillman and the team at Finn Partners. I'm your host and producer and author, Sherry Bayer. I'll be back with a new show next week. Hope you'll tune in then. And thank you, as always, for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. All in the Industry is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.